Welcome, everybody, to the Skill Development Playbook Podcast. I am your host, Coach TJ. This is Season 3, Episode 12. At today's topic, we are going to discuss how to dominate as a big man without being a go-to guy on offense, nine tips to dominance. So I'm going to say that one more time. How to dominate as a big man without being a go-to guy on offense, nine tips to dominance. Um, you know, the, the game has changed a lot. You know, if you if you actually think about it, we have three positions really now in basketball. We have a ball handler, we have wings, and we have a big. In all of those positions now, the the skills are kind of just mixing in with every position. So you're seeing big men like Carl Anthony Towns being able to handle the ball and come down and cross over and go between the legs and make these unbelievable plays with the ball. Uh, you have someone like Anthony Davis and Boogie Cousins. They're just very versatile, very versatile bigs. Um, but then you're going to have these other bigs that's going to play the game that's not going to be a quote-unquote um, offensive uh, threat in the sense of they're going to run sets for them. And they're, the the team that they're playing on, they're not going to call a play and set screens for them to come and catch it on the low block or the mid post or the high post and and give them opportunities to just go one-on-one. But these post players dominate the game. They're able to leave their their fingerprint you know, their fingerprints are all over the game because they're doing other things um, to to dominate. So you can look at someone like a, a Tyson Chandler, you know, uh, JaVale McGee. These guys are not really getting looks on the post. You know, the team is not just looking for them every time down to throw it to them to catch and, and turn and make a play. Um, but those guys are, are doing a lot of other things to be to be dominant. So when I think about dominant players like the ones I mentioned just a few minutes ago, my favorite dominant player probably had to be Shaq. You know, it seemed like every possession down, every time the Lakers had the ball or the Magic when he was in his prime, um, they wanted him to touch the ball. So not everybody can be a dominant big man, whether you are an old school player and you're playing with your back to the basket or whether you're more of a new school type player where, you know, you can catch it on the perimeter and take someone off the dribble or shoot the three. Uh, but there are more players. I, I will, I'm taking a guess at this. I don't have any statistics to back it up, but I'm pretty sure there are more dominant players, or we're talking about bigs specifically, that's in the league that are not known as a go-to guy than there are go-to guys. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about nine nine tips to dominance. So if you're if you play uh, the four or the five spot, and you're not getting offensive of touches on a low block at the mid post or at the high post, or the coach is not calling a play for you, there are still ways for you to dominate the game if you follow the, these these tips that I have for you today. Because I coached a player years ago, he wasn't a great athlete. He was an undersized big. He was six, six five, I believe. Um, good size on him, but you know, for a high school here in Arkansas, he he was able to play the five spot. 
But he wasn't one of those players. When he played AAU for me, he wasn't one of those players where I said, okay, hey, we're going to run this play for you. When you catch the ball on the block, we want you to go up and, you know, try to score, you know, draw a foul, draw a double team or something like that. But when we when I worked with him, I told him, I said, you know, there are some things you, you can do without just being an offensive threat and catching it on the low block and scoring. And so um, I'm going to share, share these tips that I use for him that worked. And, and he went from, you know, he averaged about 10, 11 points a game with me. Uh, now, when he got to his high school team, it was a little different, uh, different role. The expectations of him was, was different. But um, it gave him a lot of confidence in himself and in his abilities when he did play uh, with with my team particularly. And just to kind of let you guys know, I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those. I wasn't one of those AAU coaches just let players come down and shoot whatever they want. We ran. We were very structured. So he could function in, in a structured environment. I just sometimes, you know, coaches, they they have a player and they have certain expectations of that player, and they don't they don't always allow certain players to show their growth from the summer, and they put them in a box and they keep them in that box, and they say this is what I expect of this player, and and so, but um, what we did it, it really helped, and I'm gonna share some of those tips with with y'all, but before we get into that, real quick, I want to let you know that. Uh, again, my book will be coming out pretty soon. It's called The Skill Development Playbook. It's going to be great information in and about skill development. It's going to give you some terms. It's going to give you some, some uh, talk about, um, you know, just kind of how to conduct the skill development session, the difference between training and working out, and just give you some really good info. So whether you're a coach that's been coaching for 40 years or whether you're just starting or whether you're a parent or a player, it's going to be a really good book for you to pick up. So make sure you're following me on social media and uh, you'll be able to find out when that book is released. All right, so let's get into it. Um, How to dominate as a big man without being a go-to guy on offense. Nine tips to dominance. All right, so number one, uh, one thing that you can do to dominate a basketball game is dominate the boards. Dominate the boards. Um, when it comes to controlling the board, if you're playing defense, you want to limit your opponent's second possessions. You want to limit your opponent's second possessions. So one thing that's just, that's just deflating is when you play really good, strong defense, Whether if we know, especially if you're in college and the team got a shot clock, if you can play really good defense, you know, 25, 30 seconds, 35 seconds, and that shot goes up right before the buzzer sounds and you don't secure that rebound. And if you don't secure that rebound, now you've got to play defense again for another 25, 30 seconds, and it's just, it's just deflating. Oh, my goodness. It's like you play so good, you play tough, you know, and you shoot, they shoot, and then you don't secure the rebound. They get the offensive rebound, and now you got to play defense again. So big men that dominate, they can get those rebounds. They they do what they need. Um, they have good position. They understand uh, 
shots and angles, um, distance. So they know that typically if it's a long shot, a three-pointer, it could be a long rebound. If the shot is coming from the corner, then possibly it's going to go to the, the ball is going to deflect and go to the opposite side of the floor. Um, they understand position, not getting caught underneath the rim. Uh, so they want to be able to dominate the boards. And again, we're talking about being able to do some things where you can really dominate the game. But some of these things may not show up in the stat sheet. Okay. Now, of course, you know, they keep over rebounds, but you want to be able to dominate the boards if you want to be able to dominate the game. And that's offensively and defensively. So if you're on, if you're playing offense and that, and that player is boxing you out, then you may want to try to, you know, scoot him or ride him underneath the goal so that gives you a better opportunity to get the rebound. And here's something that, that I did with the player I was talking about at the beginning of the show. He wasn't the most athletic. So if he got a rebound and came down with offensive rebound and came down with it, he didn't have a, a quick second jump. So we worked a lot on tips and getting tip-ins. So he getting in position, ball goes up, you know, he jumps up, tips it in. So he wouldn't have to worry about bringing the ball back down and then jumping back up. So uh, being dominant on the boards on the offensive end and defensive end. All right. Uh, number two, be a rim protector. Be a rim protector. There are some really great rim protectors in the NBA. Uh, there are guys that get paid very well uh, to dominate their position, to dominate the game and not score a lot of points. And that's what we're talking about. So um, being a rim protector, you know, every team in the NBA needs a rim protector. You will hear teams, you will hear uh, them talk about that in the NBA. Well, this team is great defensively, but who's going to protect the rim for them? Because you have, especially at the high level, you have guys that can finish at the rim and above the rim. And if you don't have anybody that can protect that rim, then your team is going to give up some easy buckets and they're going to get a lot of fouls. So you need somebody that can that can protect that rim, somebody that uh, can block shots, that can alter shots. You're not going to be able to block everything, but if you can alter some shots and keep them from coming in and maybe you think they, you know, it may look like they have a layup, but then they kick it back out because, you know, the rim protector is there. So, um, if you watch the NBA enough or you watch college enough, but especially at the NBA level, uh, teams are aware of the, their opponent's rim protector. So when that rim protector comes out, typically that team will, you know, the, the opponent will drive the ball much, much more at the rim. So uh, you got to be a rim protector. And like I say, you, do, you don't have to block everything. You're not being wild and blocking everything, but you're patient. Uh, Dikembe Mutombo was was great at this. He's patient. He he didn't just try to jump at every pump fake. He stayed down. He was the second jumper. Um, But when that shot went up, he went up to get it. And, um, you know, that that would keep people from trying to challenge him a lot. Oh, excuse me. Okay, so... uh, how to dominate as a big man without being a go-to guy on offense, nine tips to dominance. Uh, 
So uh, we talked about dominating the boards, being a rim protector. And number three is control the paint. Now, when when to con- to be able to control the paint, you got to dominate the boards, of course, and be a rim protector. But the reason why I put this down, because I also think about when you have um, a lot of times bigs will set screens. They set screens uh, close to the rim. Uh, and, they, and of course, they're going to screen out on perimeter. But when you have those wings or those guards or point guards or shooting guards or small fours, whatever term you want to use to describe those other players, when they're coming through that lane, they got to get checked. They got to get checked. So they got to they gotta understand, man, if I go through there, if if my teammate is a big and he's setting the screen, then the, the opposing team's big is going to – he's going to check me. He's going to put a forearm on me. He's going to make sure that I'm not – running freely through the lane. So you got to be able to control the lane or control the paint uh, by by checking cutters that come through. Another way to control the paint is by if you are playing against a uh, another big that's, that's getting some touches on the block, the low block, the mid post, or the high post, is being able to guard them. So, you know, keeping them outside the paint, making it tough on them, making them – uh, catch the ball where they don't want to catch it, making them, instead of catching on the low post in their sweet spot, they're having to catch it a step or two outside of the low post of where they're normally uh, catching the ball. So you want to be able to control the paint. Uh, of course, that includes dominating the boards and being a rim protector, but there are other ways, you know, jacket cutters, um, Making the making the opponent catch the ball further off of the post position that they that they want, and y'all have to apologize. It's it's late, <laughs> it's late with me recording this, um, and it's been a long day for me. But we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. All right. So, uh, tip number four, number four, number one was dominate the boards. Number two was be a rim protector. Three, control the paint. Four, set good screens. If you're a big, and it doesn't matter, uh, everybody on the team has got to be able to set screens. But a big has to be able to set good screens. And here's what I tell all my I tell everybody this, but I make sure that my bigs understand this. When you are going to set a screen, number one, make sure you sprint. That is number one. Make sure you sprint to set your screen. And the reason why you want to sprint is because if you can get a step or two on your opponent and they're a step or two behind, that put them in a, in a more difficult position on communicating with the person getting a screen on how they're going to cover it. If they're going to switch, if they're going to bump, if they're going to hedge, whatever it is that they're going to do. Um, but if you jog over the set of screen and that uh, opponent is able to go with you, it's easier for them to communicate. It's easier for them to, to figure out the coverage that they want to have. So we got to set a good screen. So we sprint to the screen. We set wide NBA screens, wide NBA screens, uh, feet more than shoulder width apart. I have my guards. Uh, my boys, what I tell them is uh, one hand over the other. Uh, you want to 
you know, maybe grab your wrist to protect yourself, arms fully extended in between your legs, protecting yourself. And I tell the young girls to cross their arms with their with their arms up high, protecting themselves. So uh, make sure they protect themselves, but we're going to sprint to set the screen. We're going to protect ourselves, and we're going to set a wide NBA screen. Because I know if I set a really good screen and my teammate is getting open, that team, that my opponent is not going to come up with a scheme to try to uh, try to stop that, that action. And then I can make reads off of off of those screens, or I could slip the screen. Okay. Number five, understand relocation of penetration. Understand relocation of penetration. Now, so if you're a big and you're on the block, you have to know on the low post, you have to know where to go when there's penetration. If the ball is, if the ball is on the opposite side of the floor, um, and there's penetration baseline. If you're on the low post, you got to know where to go. If the penetration is middle, you got to know where to go. And this is all relative. It's all relative to the situation. It's all relative to how the defense is, is playing it. Um, but you but you need to know where to go just in case there is penetration. Uh, so the more you know, the easier it will be for you to get some chippies, some easy shots, some easy makes. So you got to understand where to go penetration. And typically, just you know, in a general sense, if the ball is on the left side of the floor and there's penetration baseline, then that post player lifts. If there's penetration middle, then that post player um, relocates off the low post into the uh, short corner. Uh but like I say, it's all relative. You know, if a, if I tell a player that, because there's no absolutes in basketball, but if I tell a player, hey, when there's penetration middle, I want you to go to the short corner. But if he opens up and the player that drives kind of tosses it up by the rim and he's able to catch it and finish it, you know, nobody's going to be like, oh, man, that's a terrible. That's not what you were supposed to do. They're going to they're gonna be happy. You know the coach is going to be happy and be and going to be glad that that they uh, was able to 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 make that play. So there are no absolutes, but it's good to to know that hey, when there's penetration, I have these options of what I can do. Okay. All right, number six: develop the ability to pass. Develop the ability to pass. When I was watching, when I was a younger uh, teenager, I loved watching Shaq. You know, he could catch it on the post, guy cut, boom, nice little bounce pass. Uh, double team come, he can catch it, throw over the top, on time, on target passing. So it's great to be able to pass. Now, if you are more of a new school type player and you can handle the ball and you can take it to the basket, you definitely want to be able to, to make passes, bounce passes, you know, air passes, lob passes hook passes, uh, passes off of pivots, um, one-handed bounce passes, two-handed bounce passes. So you want to be able to, to have the ability to pass uh, because there are more and more players that's out on the perimeter now. The game is becoming a lot more perimeter-oriented. And, you know, just like Joe Kim, Noble, Joe Kim Noah, when he played with Chicago, there was plenty of times that he played out on the perimeter and he would have to, 
you know, dribble at somebody, they cut back door. He had to make an on-time, on-target bounce pass. Or he could catch the ball at the high post, and that could be a wide pin down, and he had to deliver a pass on time, on target, for a player to catch and shoot. So you want to be able to uh, have the ability to pass. Number seven, have a soft touch around the basket. Um, this goes with the with the uh, uh, tips I was telling you about, the, the tip-ins I was saying about a little bit earlier. You know, you have to develop your touch. You don't want to shoot the ball and it's clanging off the rim, the backboard and the rim. Um, you know, tip-ins and you know, there are some different drills I would have players do to, to work on their work on their touch. Of course, you know, mic and drill is always a great drill to do for bigs. But you want to have that, that soft touch around the rim because there's going to be a lot of bumping. There's going to be some, some uh, physicality down there. So you want to be able to absorb that contact and be able to put it up softly off the backboard and, and hopefully, you know, it can go in or you can play through some contact. So you you want to be able to develop a soft touch around around the basket. Number eight, rim run. Rim run. If you're going from defense to offense, I tell players, to run straight down the middle of the floor to the front of the rim. The closer you are to the rim, the less skilled you have to be when you're posting up. Because if I catch the ball two feet from the rim, all I got to do is catch it, turn, and then put the ball off the backboard, try to put it off the backboard. So if you have a little bit of skill, um, it's going to be easier for you the closer you catch to the to the basket. The further out you get, the more skilled you have to be and you have to be able to do certain things. But we want players I want players to remember and doesn't just mean off of a off of a fast break or off a miss. Um this could be I set a screen and I'm cutting to the rim hard. Um I set an on ball screen, I'm rolling to the rim hard. So we have to be able to rim run, get to the basket, um which could lead to a post up, or it could lead to the to, to me putting being put in a position to be able to get an offensive rebound. All right, and number nine, the last one, be active. Be active. This is what I tell all my players: if you're doing all the eight that I mentioned, then you are being active. But you want to be active. You want to be able to communicate with your team. You want to know where to go off of penetration. You want to be able to dominate the board. You want to be able to control the paint. You want to set good screens. So you're constantly working. You're constantly moving. You're being active. So the player I worked with that, that wasn't a great, I mean, he wasn't a great, uh, like, a off-the-charts type athlete, Um but I told him, I said, man, if you can be active, you know, you can you can score some points. And with me, he averaged about about 10 points a game. Uh, but he didn't get his points by our team running plays where we throw it to him on the block. He was just he was just active. You know, uh, he get at least one tip in a game. Uh, he get one bucket. 
a game from just relocating off penetration. And then he would get a bucket, maybe two, off of, uh, you know, just just being at the right place at the right time, you know. Um, and then he would get him a couple free throws a game. So he would get, you know, 9, 10, 11 points a game just from being active, moving, being energized, being an energy guy, um, understanding what's going on, and, you know, making sure that, you know, when there's penetration, he had his hands above his waist. When a shot goes up for the rebound, he had his hands above his shoulders. You know, just those type of things that he would do to, um, you know, be able to put himself in a position to be successful. Okay. So, let me recap real quick. Uh, how to dominate as a big man without being a go-to guy on offense, nine tips to dominance. Those tips were, one, dominate the boards. Two, be a rim protector. Three, control the paint. Four, set good screens. Five, understand relocation of penetration. Six, develop, develop the ability to pass. Number seven, have a soft touch around the basket. Eight, rim run. And number nine, be active. Number nine is be active. Okay, so that is all that I have today. Um, I'm trying my best to keep these shows under 30 minutes. And so I still got a couple minutes left. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I can and, and tonight has been a struggle, y'all, just to be honest with you, it's really been a struggle, um, cause I'm, I'm pretty wore out, <laughs> but you know, here I am, we, we made it through and, uh, finna wrap this thing up. So, um, just remember if you guys is out there listening, be sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram. My Twitter handle is at NBNBball. Also, for my podcast, I do have a Twitter account. Uh, Skill Development Playbook has its own Twitter account. It's SDP underscore podcast. That's SDP underscore podcast. I've had it a while. Um, haven't been real active on it. And now I decided to, to get back on there and post some different things. So, it's all relevant to the to the podcast and to skill development. So if you're on Twitter, go ahead and follow us there, SDP underscore podcast. And also on Instagram uh, and Twitter, my other account, NBNB Ball. And we we were pretty active there. Also on YouTube, uh check me out on YouTube. Look look me up. It's nothing but net B ball. And I'm actually this week going to start a new, uh, new, not really a podcast, but it will be a show. Not, I'm sorry. It's not going to be a show. It's going to be some videos, but it's going to be like a mini episode. It's going to be like a mini episode. So I'm thinking the first mini episode is going to be about uh, skill stacking. And I'm looking forward to talking to y'all about that and what it is and kind of um, how I do skill stacking. But what it's going to be is just a, it's going to be a short, you know, uh, conversation that I will have. 
And I'm thinking no more than like five or six minutes. And that will be available on IGTV and YouTube. So it's going to be available on IGTV and YouTube. So y'all look, y'all look for that. Um, I don't know what day it's going to be. I don't know what day I'm going to release it. Um, it's going to be either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you know what? It's probably going to be Thursday. Probably going to be Thursday. Um, so I'm going to talk about skill stacking. I kind of had started thinking about doing something with that. But um, going forward after this week, it may be something uh, like tonight. I had nine tips to dominance. I may, you know, I may take one of those tips and really talk about it more in depth um, a little bit. So, but we'll see how see how it goes. It's going to be a short short episode. Uh, again, like I said, it's only going to be like five to seven minutes. But the one that's coming Thursday is going to talk about skill stacking, what it is, and you know how players can can benefit from from skill stacking. So y'all be sure to if you're not following me or if you have not subscribed to my YouTube uh page, be sure to to subscribe to it and make sure that you follow me on Twitter and Instagram because I will be posting information about when the new mini episodes release. Also I'm on Snapchat. I'm not real active on Snapchat. Um, but I am on Snapchat, so you can you can look me up there as Coach TJ Jones. Um, and please, I'm asking everybody to please, please, please spread the word about the SDP podcast. Uh, most of you are listening on Apple Podcasts, so if you're on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe and leave me a five star review. So the more more reviews I have, the more five stars I have, the more people can have access to the show, they'll see it in their feed as suggestions. And um, I will have a little more exposure to the people to uh, to listen to the show. So if you need anything, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, I, I really don't mind helping in any kind of way. My email is coachtj at nbnbball.com. That's coachtj at nbnbball.com. So, I appreciate everybody for listening. Um, Again, you know, follow me on social media. Leave me an email if you have a question and I help you. Um, And I'm just, I really enjoy this. I hope y'all are enjoying it. I hope y'all are learning something. Or at least I'm giving you information that will make you think a little bit and uh, challenge yourself. So if, if I'm able to do that, then we'll just keep this thing rolling. So until next week, I appreciate y'all. God bless.